Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 45, How Merciful the Lord Had Been. Okay, so I'm warning you. (laughs) You may hear some pounding in this episode. My children are playing right above me, in the room above me. And they're playing Legos. I'm sure they're doing some somersaults. It sounds like they've let their pet elephants in. So you're, you're, (laughs) I don't know, you might hear some stomping and stuff. But you know, that's how we roll. I usually try and do the episode when they're either watching a show or they're at school, but it just didn't turn out like that this week. And that's okay. I know you'll understand. And it's not about perfection anyways, right? (laughs) Speaking of perfection, personally, I wasn't sad to see 2018 go. The year required a lot of stretching for me, a lot of reframing, and a lot of deliberately choosing my thoughts. And all of that required a lot of growth for me, which left me pretty tired. When you're building physical muscle, it's important to have rest days because your muscles, when you've exercised them, have little tears. And then when you allow them to rest, they repair themselves and become stronger. And on December 31st, that is exactly what I was thinking I was in need of some rest. I was craving it. And on New Year's Eve, my family and I were gathered around the table and we were participating in a new tradition. I had gone to the store and I had gathered and cooked things that reminded us of family members that were no longer with us. But I wanted us to remember them, to keep them close to our hearts and really to invite them to support us in this new year. And I guess sometimes traditions can be born because that's what we're in need of. And as we ate, I asked the question, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that 2018 is over? I mean, did something good happen this year? And it was in this moment that I was assuming that everyone else in my family was feeling just like me, tired, depleted, and maybe a little hint of disgruntlement that I was wrong, so wrong. My husband immediately responded, and he said he loved that 2018 brought the announcement of the Leighton, Utah Temple. None of us had ever anticipated such an announcement, and I remarked, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. And then my 11-year-old, who isn't normally too quick to participate in such conversations, he said it really meant a lot to him that he had an opportunity to be able to sustain President Russell M. Nelson. And it was at this point (laughs) that I felt an elbow poke from the Spirit, that I knew that the Lord was giving the tender mercy to me of an attitude adjustment ASAP. How could I have, in my pity, forgotten such a moment and my son had not? The sincerity that he had in his eyes just made time stand still for a few seconds as I soaked all of that in. 
My eldest son said that he had some really good moments on the soccer field that he was really proud of. My nine-year-old said that he was grateful for the time that he got hurt on the soccer field because he now knows what it feels like to get hurt. And my daughter said that she was grateful that she got to experience her first soccer game this year. All of these moments that my family members reminded me of, I remember had also brought me joy in the moment, except for the getting hurt part. But my mind flashed back to that moment, the pain that he felt, how in that moment I felt lacking of knowledge on how to help him and what to do, and the trepidation that he felt when he was getting ready to get back onto the soccer field a couple of weeks later. But how he did And he carried on just like he had before he was hurt. I, in my personal life, had moved on and forgotten this moment. But this experience had taught him to know what it is like to get hurt, to experience that and to learn how to get through it, to get knocked down and how to get back up. And I was amazed that on this night, he was finding gratitude and expressing gratitude for it. And isn't that what our mortal journey is like? experiencing all of it from the triumphant to the painful being all in and open to experience anything that comes our way recognizing that not one day goes by in which we aren't changed in some way no matter how small the change is it is a part of our grand becoming and I felt humbled as I sat there at my dinner table amongst my teachers ranging from ages 5 to 42. I, once again, had been focusing on the wrong things, things that were zapping my energy and distracting me. I mean, come on, it's a lot of work to throw a pity party for one, and I was exhausted from it. Perhaps that is why when I read Second Nephi chapter 1, that verses 1 through 4 contained an entire sermon for me. And I thought somewhere out there, maybe it will mean something to someone else too. After Nephi had finished teaching his brethren the words of the prophet Isaiah about the scattering and the gathering, the roles the Gentiles will play, and the marvelous work of the Lord, Father Lehi then spoke to them. Nephi says that he rehearsed many things that the Lord had done for them in bringing them out of Jerusalem. Lehi spoke to them about their rebellions upon the waters and about the tender mercies of God in sparing their lives. They could have been swallowed up in the sea. Now remember, he's speaking to them as they sit upon the land which was promised to them, their destination that took them 10 years to get to. And he reminded them that they were where they were because of the mercy of the Lord that the Lord had extended his mercy to them when he warned them to flee Jerusalem. Lehi then reveals that he had seen a vision and that in this vision, he saw that Jerusalem had been destroyed and that if they would have stayed there, they too would have perished. Now, I began the Sister Scriptorian podcast last February with an invitation to depart from your personal Jerusalems to leave the world behind the best that you can, and to rely upon your Savior like you have never done before. And looking back on Lehi's and his family's decision to leave Jerusalem, 
I realize in a more profound way than I did before that that was the easy decision. That their journeying and tearing in the wilderness and their sailing across the sea did not necessarily become easy or easier because of their decision to leave Jerusalem. They struggled. They mourned. They wrestled with their limited understandings and they stretched themselves to recognize the hand of the Lord in their lives. This is not unlike our experience. But Father Lehi in this moment in verses 1 through 4 is orchestrating an opportunity for his children to see that they are not the same individuals that had left Jerusalem. Just like you and I are not the same individuals that we were a year ago. Now you could be like me before my attitude adjustment and think good riddance to 2018. See ya later. And that's okay. But I challenge you or I invite you to follow the pattern that Lehi gave his sons. Recall what the Lord did for you. Humble yourself to his good mercies that he extended you this year. And recognize that it is those mercies that enable you to obtain the promised land. Look back at your year and be truly honest with yourself. Are you the same person as you were before? You aren't. Now I can hear some of you. (laughs) I can. I can hear you saying, I'm not where I was before. I've fallen back. I've slipped back. I feel like I'm worse than I was before. And I say to you, hogwash, you aren't remembering who he is. You aren't remembering that he is the upholder of all things, including you. You don't recognize yet that he knows the end from the beginning. He knew that this was your path all along. He knew you needed to experience all that you experienced. And look at your growth. Look at what you've learned. Look at what your process of becoming looks like. Look how strong you are and the expertise that you've developed. Look how you've gotten to know yourself. Look how you've gotten to know how you make choices, what you're capable of choosing. Maybe you've gotten better at saying sorry. Maybe forgiving has become easier finally. Maybe when you thought you were experiencing a lessening of relationships in your life, perhaps the Lord was only highlighting the ones that should be precious and most important to you, the ones you need to hold on to. What a blessing. Perhaps he even lets some relationships end to make room for important ones that are to come. How loving of him. Maybe he let you ache this year so that you could prioritize and gain clarity. Perhaps he gave you time this year to serve someone who was really in need of it because he knew how healing it would be for your heart or will be for your heart when you will no longer have the opportunity to serve them. An opportunity to live with no regrets is perhaps what he gave you this year. Even loneliness can be tutoring. Don't you know now what your fellow men need who are lonely because you yourself experienced it this past year? We all have different Jerusalems that we have left behind. And the Lord has been working in all of us as we turn to him. We are not the same as we were a year ago. Some of us may have some battle wounds to show for it, but don't mistake them as fatalities, but see them as victories. 
Most important, recall what the Lord did for you, the many things he did for you as he brought you from there to here. The next one is the result of the first, the humbling we receive when we see the Lord's tender mercies and recognize how he is sparing our lives. I mean, we could have been swallowed up in our personal seas that we just experienced, but we weren't. What I experienced at that dinner table on New Year's Eve was humility, seeing what matters, seeing the good that those I love saw. Also repenting for not valuing the Lord's mercies enough to let them carry more weight in my heart, to have more real estate in my heart than what my grievances had. No matter what you and I experienced, we were not swallowed up by it. We were made mighty, even into the power of deliverance, whether by strength, consolation, protection, assurances, guidance, loving kindnesses given to us, support, or our spiritual gifts, we made it. We're making it. There are some that we've experienced collectively together that are strengthening, making us mighty, and delivering us as covenant children of God. Like my son said, we all received a bolstering with the opportunity to sustain a prophet of God. We've received strength in our quorums of the priesthood by combining the men and by just recently lowering the age in which young men are entering into them and receiving the power of God. This affected my 11-year-old this year. We didn't anticipate it, but he now has the opportunity to receive the priesthood, pass the sacrament, attend the temple, and be surrounded by good men who will meet with him every other Sunday and every Wednesday to mentor him and to strengthen him and provide opportunities for him. And this is happening with our young women as well. We are circling the wagons tighter around our youth, giving them opportunities sooner to enter the house of the Lord before the world can eat away at their knowledge that they are of divine nature. We were challenged, sisters, to read the Book of Mormon, to mark each scripture that mentions Jesus Christ. Do you now doubt that this is another testament of Jesus Christ? Who cares what the world says? You now know because you sacrificed your time. You picked it up multiple times a day to meet the challenge. You fit in Christ wherever and whenever you could. And you were changed for doing so. And don't doubt that your children were also changed when they saw you spending time with scripture. And as they listened to you testify of Jesus Christ. And as they saw you accomplish a goal that the prophet of the Lord challenged you to accomplish. They were pleased too for you. And you touched their hearts. I heard once that if you have time to scroll, then you have time to take a stroll with the Savior. And this is also what you did. Social media just isn't the same for me like it was before. And I now think when I have time to scroll, I can choose to take a stroll and open up my scriptures and read a bit in the Book of Mormon. 
and let that nourish me and fill me up. You attended the temple more and you received tender mercies of reminding you of your purpose, your role in God's plan and the power that your covenants have in your life. You learned of him and you walked in meekness of his spirit as you participated and partook of his spirit in his house. And now we're being asked to focus on love, love like we haven't before. You are now ministering sisters who are praying for your sisters more earnestly and looking for opportunities to love on someone that maybe perhaps you wouldn't naturally merge your sphere with. And be patient with yourself during this process. And I know the Lord will bless us and make it possible for us that our capacity to love will grow. And we must be in need of that. This must be a characteristic that we are going to be in need of in time to come. Look at what he's doing for us as we commit to leave our personal Jerusalems. Finally, I encourage you to appreciate the ground in which you now stand on. It's changed. You've changed. The Lord has changed you to the degree that you have permitted him to do it. Appreciate where you're at. And look forward to the promised land. And isn't it interesting that not all of the problems were solved once the family reached the shores of the promised land. Some could argue that they even escalated. But did it change the fact that this was the land that had been prepared for them by the Lord? That the Lord had directed them to and with the tender mercies of the Lord they were now standing upon it? What if we were to look at where we now stand? with our imperfect circumstances, with our goals that we're still striving for, with our expectations still in net, and wonder if we were to say that we now stand in the promised land. Is that too much to see right now? I wonder if it was for the family of Lehi as well. I think maybe if I had been one of them, I would have been naive enough to think that all my problems would be solved once I reached the promised land, a land that the Lord was preparing for me. However, if I believe that the Lord is guiding me, blessing me, and fortifying me, then with a slight attitude adjustment and a true recalling of his workings and tender mercies in my life, I think it leads me to the conclusion that I am standing in my personal promised land, that my covenants that I've made with him and my commitment to them and to him is enough to find rest in him right now that I am in the land that he has prepared for me, for my benefit and for my learning, for my becoming. And as long as I choose to not be in Jerusalem by keeping the commandments and following the Lord, I can prosper, whatever that means for me, that I can prosper in the promised land that the Lord has led me to. Because here's the thing. Jerusalem was eventually destroyed. And if Lehi and his family would have stayed, they too would have perished. Life, though hard, though stretching and trying, was found for them in the promised land. Life is found in the Lord. Eternal life, a God's life. It is his work and his glory to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of you and I. And just like me, as you change your attitude and recall everything he has done for you and how you weren't swallowed up, perhaps 
it will help you enjoy the ground on which you now stand. Sister Scriptorians, take time to recall the things that the Lord has done for you throughout 2018. How did He preserve you with His tender mercies? Which one specifically prevented you from being swallowed up in your personal seas? Strive to have new eyes. See where you're at right now as you choose your Savior Jesus Christ that He has led you to a promised land. The Lord loves you so much. Have a good day.